Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Well, Leland, uh, a lot of teams in Augusta County went deep in the postseason, but unfortunately had their seasons end short, and uh, that sucks, but still very proud of what our teams in this area were able to do this year. Yeah, and then we did bring home one state championship and boys doubles the the duo of Chase Pullen and Connor Miller. Uh, Connor Miller, only a sophomore, is something of note there for Wilson Tennis. But those guys brought home a state championship back to Augusta County. So we have to lead off with them because they they achieved the highest goal and and won their last game. So uh, congratulations to them, particularly and Wilson Boys Tennis. I mean, it's a hard three C um, as they had, as their team had already been knocked out and uh, by Maggie Walker in uh, the state championship uh, the day before. Uh, but the doubles team was able to bring it home and get that championship, and that's a that's a great win for that program to, you know, kind of have a notch there where they've been dominant in Texas in tennis locally um, and, and made noise on the state scale, but, you know, just hadn't got over that hump of bringing home a title. So there's one title and uh, I'm sure they'll be, you know, chasing after him these next couple of years, especially seeing that Connor Miller, you know, what great experience for him as a sophomore to win a state championship and carry that, experience forward for the team so that's that's really exciting we really were represented well in tennis for the area because riverheads tennis um swats and higgins the duo there they did a good job um losing in the state semi there and uh swats on his own lost in a state semifinal um so and that was after the team had lost in a quarterfinal and then uh the buffalo gap girls there um they as a team, both Gap and Riverheads lost to Rappahannock in the team titles, but the individual of Emma Maxwell and then her doubles uh, with Degrassi, they both made it further. The state semifinal for the singles there, and then the doubles making it to the state final against Galax. So right there on the cusp of a state championship. So tennis really the overall highlight in the area as we had the most different teams competing at that final weekend of the tennis matchups down there at Virginia Tech this weekend. Yeah, and that's great to have those those athletes. And as you were mentioning, I mean, a lot of those athletes, right, well, in some of those cases, not seniors. So that's awesome. Yeah. And you expect to see Riverhead them back. really highlighted there. Yeah. Yeah, you expect to see them back and making deep runs as well. But congrats to our state champions in tennis and Congrats to the people who made deep runs um, because that's awesome. Yeah. And I, we also want to touch on here uh, with the teams that played. You know, Riverheads, they get back to that state championship, but they can't quite get it done. They lose to Auburn, but uh, there's no shame tough, in it. Auburn it's is a cool. juggernaut in spring sports in general, yeah. but especially softball. Yeah, and, and I was really hoping with some of those finals uh, in the states leading up to that, the corner final, 10 nothing. The semifinal was like 13 to 2, I think, um, for softball there. I was really optimistic that the offense was doing what it needed to do when Riverheads played Fort Chiswell. Yeah, 13 to 2. I was really hoping that offense was showing me that they were going to be able to keep it going. Um, you know, in past years, Riverheads has made these deep runs. I think I remember lower scoring games, still a lot of Riverheads wins in the postseason, but lower scoring games. I thought the offense being as dominant as they were was a good indicator that they'd be able to hang with Auburn and make that a game. 
Um, but uh, they, they, you know, they just weren't able to produce runs. Uh, not a whole lot of hits. Auburn had a pitcher. Um, that's uh, Fleet, I think was her last name. She's headed to JMU. So we'll be cheering for her soon. We weren't, I wasn't necessarily cheering for her this weekend, but I'll be cheering for her when she wears purple. So, you know, it's a heck of a run, another deep run for Riverhead. So that, that sticks out. Um, and, you know, you got to be in the game to win the game. And they, they got there. So I think that's great experience for them. They, they'll lose some talent, sure, like every high school team will, but they bring a lot back. And I, and I have a lot of faith that next year when we go talk about Riverhead softball in the spring, We'll talk about Fort Defiance again. They made it there uh, to the state uh, semifinal, losing to New Kent. Buffalo Gap made it to the state semifinal, losing to that same Auburn team Riverheads did. We'll talk about those other two teams as well. But I think next year, Riverheads might be the favorite with what they have coming back. They were really led offensively very well um, from underclass, underclassmen there. And so I, I think, you know, those are the three teams we'll talk about in softball next year, but I think Riverheads might be the one that we give a little bit of a nudge to just based on what they have coming back. No one, Fort Defiance, you know, they were really – they had they have a good program and they have underclassmen that meant a lot, but they were really were senior-led. And, and you lose a player like Lillian Berry, I mean, she's just an absolute standout. It's just hard to say that that team is just going to pick up right exactly where they left off. I think Riverheads has kind of that best chance to kind of pick up the highest and especially – um, by postseason time. So that's that's what I'm seeing with softball for next year. Um, jumping right over to baseball, um, you know, I, I was happy that we had multiple teams in the state playoffs. You know, that was kind of Meteor's argument or, or just, you know, not looking at it the same way. And I was glad we had multiple in. Now, none of them made it to the state championship game. We lost uh, the Cougars in the state semifinal to – uh, Appomattox, which is an interesting matchup for Cougar fans. Quickly, Bison, uh, they lost to Rappahannock in the quarterfinal. Rappahannock would go on to win the state championship. But coming back to the Cougars, that was a one nothing ball game. Just it's an absolute great game. I watched uh, the second half of that baseball game. Uh, they were already losing one nothing because of a sacrifice fly in the third inning. Um, but that sixth inning is what you know, Cougar fans will really look back to at what could have been for that, that Cougar baseball team because they had multiple runners on base. They really should have had bases loaded. They got a runner picked off at second from home plate, um, and then immediately the next guy gets on base. So that should have loaded the bases as long as he doesn't get picked off. And then there's a fly to right field that could have scored that sacrifice uh, on third. So that's baseball, though. You know, every runner counts, every pitch counts, and, and that's what it came down to right there. And so the Cougars – Fall short to Appomattox, and I know that's a thorn in their side, but just a really great run. And that's that's the team that I really would have circle when I say, you know, this area wasn't overrated in baseball. I think we were solid, maybe not top level, but I think we were solid in baseball, and they were beating up on each other a little bit. And the Cougars making it to that semifinal, I think, kind of is my proof for that. Now, I don't have a whole load of proof because, you know, Gap and Riverheads had to play each other before that. And Fort Defiance just never really made it as far as we were wanting them to. Wilson, I'm not going to really talk down on. They lost in that 3C uh, semifinal That's to a great LCA team who went on to win the state championship. So I'm really not going to bust them for that. But I do think we were really strong in baseball, maybe not as strong as we were in the past. I, I always look back to that 2020 year that was never, never happened, and I really think we would have had three contenders uh, in each classification. We would have had Riverheads in Class 1, Stroud Draft in Class 2, and Fort Defiance in Class 3. A lot of college talent that year. So I I always look to what could have been in 2020 that we didn't get, 
And, and this year, I don't think stacked up to that. I'm not going to try to make the case for that. But I will say it was it was stronger in baseball than than maybe we thought it was leading down the stretch when I know you and I were kind of having those arguments of are, are they not are they beating up on each other because they're so good or are they, you know, maybe just a step back and, and no one's that great. I think sewer draft is my evidence number one that I want to use for that. But they made it to that semifinal. They were right in that game with, oh, with Appomattox, who does go on to win the state championship. The cool thing about Appomattox, both baseball and softball win the state championships there. So just really cool spring for Appomattox, but the Cougars come up on the short side of that for them. So disappointing, I know, but still a heck of a run in baseball. So jumping over to girls soccer, another great run. Uh, this one by Riverheads. They made it to the state semifinal against Auburn. Now, Auburn wouldn't go on to win the state title, and that Eastmont would knock off Auburn in the final. But the Riverheads girls there, after a tough regular season where they are battling some great teams and what we saw with Waynesboro and Wilson and Fort this year, you know, they take the beatings all year from that team, and it really made them postseason ready. And they won some great games in the postseason, earning their way to that state title. And uh, winning, winning that quarterfinal match against Northampton to get themselves into that semifinal, but then do come up short in the semifinal against Auburn. So just a great run by that Riverheads girls soccer team. And, and that's just one of those you just can't count anybody out. And, you know, I do think it benefits Riverheads that they do play against those hard class three teams that I just ran off. And, and then they come in here to the class one soccer and are, are ready to go. So uh, they, they proved that this year. Um, and got back to the semifinal, coming up short, but still, you know, just a great spring season. I, I was proud that we had kind of representation in all areas. Um, you know, every sport seemed like we had somebody involved late, um, all those teams we just ran off. So just an absolute great spring for all our local high schools. And, you know, we collect ourselves here and, and look back at what we had. And, you know, you, you got to be happy about that state championship. I know we had other state championships in other seasons. I know we got to wrap up the Yak Cup. We're going to pull that data together this week and look at the regular seasons for the Shenandoah District and who was the best in the area. But just a great spring season to cap off a great year. We had plenty of postseason success throughout and something to be proud of for the Shenandoah District that we keep representing ourselves so well into the state tournament. So just a great spring overall. But, you know, watching all that this weekend, it kind of got me, you know, also – dominating my viewing pleasures as much as I was, you know, searching NFHS for what state links I could find, you know, it was Virginia Tech baseball. I was really hoping that they could pull out, you know, the college world series appearance and, and they came up one game short and, and just like the softball team did in that final deciding game, the offense just comes up short uh, when you just can't have it. They force that, that deciding game and they're right there but then just absolutely blasted in the last game and really, you know, two hits, I think, in the ball game. And I don't care how much Oklahoma scores there. I don't care what you want to say about pitching. If we're only going to have two hits, we're not going to win the baseball game. So I, I really just it, – it just – it goes past me there. We, our, our bats didn't show up. or the hammer and Hokies. We didn't show up. So um, we didn't deserve to win. Oklahoma did. And that's why I was worried about Oklahoma before this run even started this weekend – um, is that Oklahoma was, was one of those teams that was not a national seed that people were circling like, hey, this is a dangerous team. They proved why. They were very good on the mound, very good um, batting, 
and and none better than in that final game when they just absolutely slammed the ball over the fence a whole bunch of times and I had to hear this announcer yelling adios like an idiot um yeah that was my experience and that's my bad mood from uh, Virginia Tech baseball this weekend that's the guy I texted you about earlier that you said you didn't have the sound on yeah I listened to Evan as much as I could but that last game I, I made a mistake so yeah I got I was able to catch part of that at um, a Buffalo Wild Wings in Winchester before I went to go watch the Braves get their head kicked in in a doubleheader. But it's not a great day for my baseball interest because the Orioles got killed that day. Uh, Virginia Tech lost. <sighs> yeah, I mentioned Stanton didn't look good in the doubleheader against the Royals. So it was just bad all around. Um, and I, I think you're right. You know, it's it's frustrating. Virginia Tech baseball was a, a oh. high seed, but... At the same time, you lose to a, a team in Oklahoma that's not bad. I I really don't. I'm not really super negative. I was negative about it in the day because of the beating and that it was over. I was really looking forward to a college yeah. World Series weekend week and, and watching more Hokie baseball and seeing what they could do against those other national seeds. And um, so I was disappointed. And I've kind of just been waiting for the feel-good all right, I, I'm okay with all this. And I, I don't know if I'm there or if I'm getting there now while I'm talking about it, but they raised the bar, and this is a program that isn't, you know, this is the first time they host a regional, much less a super regional. This is a coach that had success before he came here and, and has definitely turned us in the right direction. I'm hoping we can hold on to him, but at least no matter what happens, the program's kind of turned in the right direction, and the bar has been raised. So overall, I'm happy. I'm excited. We worked, didn't embarrass ourselves. I know we got slammed in the last game, but it's still not embarrassing to lose to Oklahoma. You look at other scores, other schools, other perennial good Baseball teams, same thing kind of stuff can happen. So I'm not trying to make this out that we're worse than than everybody else. You know, I just I, I want to be in that conversation with everybody else. And this was the first step to be in there. And we were in that conversation this year. We were a fourth national seed. I want to stay in that kind of range where we're kind of competing for that and, you know, hosting regionals and stuff like that. And this is the first step to that. You know, you can't just you expect it every year. But I want to get to where that is expected, and you got to do it to start expecting it. Now, next year, you know, we're going to lose some senior leadership, but you'd think we'd still have some young players that should be there, transfer portal to decide all that. So we'll worry about that when we get there. But still a, a great season and uh, not the cap off that we wanted, but still um, a heck of a run and, and something to be proud of uh, for the Hokies. And, you know, it kind of highlighted the Hokies having a lot of success in a lot of different sports. You know, I, I mentioned the softball, but, you know, men's and women's basketball did so well and wrestling did so well. And it's a lot of these sports, as much as we talk about football and football and football for Virginia Tech, with that being down right now and needing a coaching change, it was nice for these other sports to kind of give us those big time, big game days, late in the season appearances um, to kind of help us on the sports end. So I was pretty happy about that this year. So, um, yeah, I, I, overall, a good year for Virginia Tech sports. But hopefully, you know, a step into a lot of more of this. Yeah, and I think, you know, the the other aspect of that, and I, I think you crushed it on your point about in the moment you're disappointed and mad, but, you know, after a day or two, you have the big picture view, and you realize, like, how big of a step this was for the baseball program and the softball program and the men's basketball program and the women's basketball program and wrestling and, you know, X, Y, Z in terms of all these other sports that really just needed Justin Fuente out of the way and then they could start to flourish as well 
and you're starting to see that. Um, but no, in all seriousness, it's nice to see them start to take that step. And it is great. And I think, you know, we, we've talked about it, I know, on this podcast, but this is kind of that culture that's starting to be built there with, uh, with uh, the, everything going on there and the hires. And it's just nice what to Whit see. Done. Yeah, Whit Babcock has done a great job at bringing in these coaches and facilitating this atmosphere to kind of support not only football, but everyone. And you're starting to see that. And I, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see with Brent Pry. I like the hire. I think it's going to be good. He's doing all the right things now that even in Fuente's best days, he wasn't doing. Like, he wasn't engaging the fan base. He wasn't going and supporting these other programs. Uh, so I, I think that's nice to see. And, you know, you just hope that it's it goes well. And I, I do want to say, like, going back to your point about the ESPN announcer and you <laughs> saying he was terrible, like, and some people might be listening and be like, oh, this is Sour Graves. If Virginia Tech had won, he wouldn't have minded it. I might, no, I it was, did mind it, yeah, it even when he did it for a Virginia Tech home run because, and, and I told the people at beat ups because they had that audio on because it's in Virginia and you know, everybody's rooting for Virginia tech except for two people who I only assume are UVA fans that were jelly. Their team didn't get to a super regional, but um, I told the guys that I was sitting there with, I was like, my problem with his call and this is purely my opinion. He's making it about himself when he does the kind of call he's doing for the home run. It's not about you. You can have a cool call on a home run. You, you know, if, if he wants to say adios every time there's a home run, that's fine. It's the adios. Like, that's about you. You're drawing attention to what you're doing. It's not about that, that kid rushing it. Yeah. I think you got to earn that. No, that, I don't. I don't. That, well, there's a reason you don't hear the major announcers do it, Leland, because it's not their job. Their, yeah, well, their job is not to be like, hey, look at it's a stupid toy. Yeah, look yeah. at me and let me make this about me. Like it's about but what's going on in the game. There's, you know, gravitas from announcers that we get, you know, Jim Nance leading in a broadcast with like hello friend, you know, stuff like that. And you you have Okay, these, like, but Jim Nance isn't that doing announcers have. Yeah, but Jim Nance that, but you have to earn that. You don't like you don't do that on ESPN plus on you know seasonal coverage. Like you gotta build up to that, that spot to where you can take that airtime and have your thing. You can have the Jim Nance moment. You can have whatever this guy's name moment. You don't have that at this level yet. So that that's my opinion there. I think it only was a it only brought negative attention. And your role in that spot is to not bring attention upon yourself. And if you do, it damn better be positive. And it better be like the right way to handle things or stepping out of the way the right amount or, you know, just being clean with your call. You cannot insert a negative. And that guy did that every time there was a home run. And I mean, a producer, I mean, it's not just him. Someone handles him and has got to tell him, dude, this ain't for, that. That's not the spot for you. So you got to stop. So it's a team effort from ESPN there that allowed that that negative to appear every time there's a home run. And 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 that I just ugh, I hated it. I absolutely well, but hated it. Jim Nance isn't saying hello, friends. No. Like when he comes in, like again, it's a even if this guy wants to say. But, okay, Welcome so to all my friends. 
out there tuning in to this. Yeah, no, there are soccer announcers that do it, and that is me, my personal preference. I don't like it. But I will but say, they're like, they're it, at the higher levels. They're not doing that. Yeah, it is. But crap. yeah, and that's my preference. I don't like it even when it's in soccer for the same reason. It's like almost drawing attention to yourself when really it should be about that guy's great play and okay, the moment. Look at, look at our boy. We love um, uh, who used to be at CBS and who's at Fox now, who does college football, used to do the Gus Johnson. CBS. Yeah. Gus Johnson. He brings a lot of himself into that broadcast, but he's earned that. Like, and yeah, and as but much even as then, like the audio, there's a lot of emotion and noises coming out of him that could be in some <laughs> somewhat comparable to what we're saying here. Gus Johnson's earned it. This kid hasn't. Yeah, but even when he's like excited and it's it's like energy and excitement about the play and about you know the player, he's not you know. It's just different. It is different, and I I don't. I'm not saying that because it's Gus Johnson in the main Fox game of the week. Like, I'm saying that because I just don't feel like Gus Johnson is doing it to say, "Hey, look at me and look how long I can draw out this word," or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Any kind of stick, I think, isn't for lower levels of seasonal employment by ESPN. Like, if you were doing this at VCU, I'd probably be like, Joe. Shut up. <laughs> like, I would say something. You're smart enough not to do that. This guy isn't sitting the rest of the spring. This guy's not sitting in too much of a different chair than you were at VCU. I don't know what, I don't exactly know what his resume is, but it ain't that different. And you got to understand where you're at. I don't see Bill Roth even doing this. And, and no, Bill know. Roth, you know, but Bill, Bill Roth is known for, you know, touchdown tech. That's his thing. But that's like, but, and that's on it's our touchdown box. tech. When he did a national yeah. game. Yeah, he doesn't do like, that. Yeah. He doesn't do touchdown whoever. That was the when he's on Virginia Tech Sports Network, ISP, you know, like that's that's that. You know, when he jumps over and does ESPN regional stuff, he's as as legendary as to you and I and to every Hokie fan. He's not doing it that national because he understands that. And so someone someone's got to someone's got to tell this kid. Someone's got to tell him what's up. Yeah, and I just I don't know. Uh it, again, this is all personal preference for me. Yeah. He's he's doing a nationally televised game on ESPN Good or ESPN two. So Good for him getting it. obviously, you know, he doesn't need to be taking my advice on anything. But just when you said that, I I didn't like it before that, and I had texted you, I don't like this, and I told you why, and I said as much on this podcast why. Like I just feel like that is too, you know. I I think I said in the text, look at me, Louie. It's it's bringing attention to yourself and not the moment or the play and. For me, it's a personal preference thing. I don't like it, but um, I didn't notice anybody defending it on Twitter. Sure. Well, but you, you also follow not. Virginia Oklahoma Tech Twitter. Fans were and... it. Okay. Well, that's fair. Um, yep. Let's get Twitter back. Obviously, is the safe ground to talk about, about people's you know thoughts and opinions, and not uh, you know something like that. Um, <laughs> talking about Valley baseball, the Stanton Braves have been kind of. Uh, up and down, emotional roller coaster this year. Um, Sometimes within single games, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and I will go ahead and say now. I know there in that beginning of this podcast, I was not very talkative. Um, I had my microphone off, letting Leland run with things. I was eating dinner because it's been a late night, um, and this is like <laughs> eleven games in nine days. And if we're gonna record this podcast, we just kind of got to do it. Um, and I've got to 
inhale food when I can. But um, it, tonight's game was not great. And so that's going to be part of, you know, just the raw emotion of that. Um, they got run ruled by Harrisonburg tonight. It was errors tonight, and the offense was quiet. But, you know, the game before, you look at Stanton, and, hey, the bullpen did something they haven't done all season. They had eight scoreless innings from the bullpen. They were phenomenal. The offense lit up Charlottesville. They were one run shy of putting Charlottesville through the slaughter rule. The doubleheader in Winchester, the offense is silent for the most part, except for a Joe DeLosantos, excuse me, Joe DeLosantos home run. And he's been, he has been good. He is the best hitter on the Stanton Braves. And then you take a giant step down and you can start talking about who's second and third. I, I would say Nicholas Rodriguez has been good. Jeffrey Snyder, more nights than not, is a good hitter for them as well. Grant Painter is picking up. That's a local kid. Uh, offensively, he's been getting better at the plate, which you want to see. Um, but right now, I, I just think, you know, w- watching Stanton, I would say this is right now, there are still players to come in, and there's a long summer they can definitely turn around. It is very tight in the South. I mean, even with the loss, they're a game and a half out of first between uh, Waynesboro and Harrisonburg. They play Harrisonburg again tomorrow night uh, or tonight by the time you're listening to this probably. Um, 7.30, WTON. Search it on your tune-in apps or 12.40 a.m. You can find my call of it. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be fun. Um, I'll do my best to uh, keep it fun. Give me adios for us. I want to hear it. No, we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> maybe some loss into the nights because I've, you know, I've gotten good feedback on that, and I don't mind it. But, I mean, obviously it's got to be nighttime. Hey, once you're on, you know, nationally recognized – for a home run call to end a game and you use a phrase like that's okay to use it again. It's fine. Maybe um, we'll see. But <laughs> I do want to touch on too. Um, you know, George Loss announced he was retiring. He's coaching the Strasburg express. He's re- well, he's announced he's retiring from Stanton baseball. Um, yeah. He's going to be coaching. He still is coaching the Strasburg express. His Strasburg express right now have the best record in the league at eight and two uh, and are just, tearing through opponents they're going to be in Stanton on Sunday so if you want to come out see George Loss former Stanton Braves coach uh, current Strasburg Express coach but also just a great member of the community I I can't say enough nice things about him every time I get to see him is you know a great moment for me and I love talking to him and shaking his hand and just you know about whatever you know even stuff I don't follow anymore like Pro wrestling. If he wants to have a pro wrestling conversation, I'll let him do his thing, and I'll just sit there and nod and go, yeah, man, that's awesome. And then we'll talk about whatever. I, I just enjoy talking to the guy because he such, has such a great attitude, and you know his positivity is infectious and is awesome. And so I just wanted to say, and I know you feel the same way, I just wanted to say congratulations right. on the retirement and uh, congratulations on the newborns that are expected on the way, twins. and um, Plural, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, I'm just so happy for him because there's not a better guy uh, more and anyone more deserving than George Loss. I, I think this decision, this announcement only kind of is further proven that point, that he's yeah. just making the right decision for the right reasons, uh, referencing the family, the growing family, um, and wanting to be there for him. And so uh, you, you only have that chance, uh, you know, once or how many ever times you have babies. So uh, it's right. not many, you know. Uh, so 
Uh, you only get that those moments with those kids once, and so I'm really happy he's making that decision. I know he's going to be missed at Stanton High School, um, you know, around the teams, uh, particularly baseball, but everything else that he helped out with, uh, what he did in the classrooms. Um, you know, I know, you know, I'm related to some students there, and they were not happy to hear that news that he wouldn't yeah. be around the halls there. So it's a big loss for Stanton, but you know, something tells me we're not going to stop talking about George loss. I imagine, uh, you know, I hope he stays involved with Valley baseball league, but whatever, whatever he's doing, I, I imagine we hear from him and about him because uh, he's such, you know, when you're that influential in the community, you know, that stays within you. So he's going to find the right path for him to still have that impact on the community, but also be where he needs to be for his family. Um, so I'm excited for him. You know, I bet we hear his voice on this podcast here in the in the short future here and, and let him uh, talk about this on his own at the right time. Um, so that's that's an open invite to to him when he has it. And I'll, I'll you know, I'm sure we'll reach out to him. Um, but when the time's right, I'm sure he'll be on the podcast. And even if it's just to talk wrestling, we'll take it uh, because George is a friend of the podcast. And so we're happy for him. Happy, yeah. happy about that announcement. Um, while it's a negative for everybody that he impacts, it's it's a positive uh, overall because, uh, you know, he's doing the right thing. Right. And um, so to go back and wrap up on the Stanton Braves aspect of things, um, you know, I mentioned Joe DeLosantos tied for the league league in the home runs at four. He's second in the league at batting average. He is leading the league in RBIs after tonight. Um, just an amazing hitter. He's he was good at William and Mary this year. He was good for Stanton last year. He's been great so far this summer for Stanton. I'm excited to see him, you know, kind of get a whole summer here and be able to play and just see where he ends up. Cause I think he's going to do special things here for the Braves this summer. And then you have, you know, some VCU guys that are supposed to come in soon. Um, one of those guys pitched in the game against Charlottesville, Cade Dressler. He did well in three innings of relief there, but the Waynesboro generals, uh, we mentioned them as they're tied for the lead with Harrison Burke. Uh, they're going to be playing Charlottesville on Wednesday I would imagine those are probably going to be wins just because Charlottesville just hasn't really gotten off to that hot start this year. It's been kind of uncharacteristic. And uh, the Generals are coming off a sweep of Covington uh, in a doubleheader today. They had a doubleheader because of rainouts, and they won 7-1 and 12-2. So those were uh, – Pretty impressive wins. Waynesboro, ironically, uh, is a team that has struggled against Stanton. They've had two home games against the Braves. They've lost both of them. They went to Stanton, and then they beat Stanton in Stanton. So being the home team in that series has been bad. Um, but I, I think that's a pretty evenly matched series right now between those two teams. And as I said, as frustrating as it has been with the bullpen struggles at times, walking people or the offense in the past few games not hitting like they're you're used to seeing Stanton still very much in this and uh, it's going to be an exciting run down the stretch the question is as it is every year can Stanton or whoever in the Valley League who survives the war of attrition the best well I'm looking I you know I love the Valley League season so I'll keep watching I I do want to mention um, another way to catch Joe uh, on Stanton Braves Facebook site. Uh, they have the live video feed with Joe's voice over top of it for home games. So uh, that's another way to catch to catch Joe's, you that's know, true. home run calls. As we'll see if we can get him, if I can talk him into uh, breaking his own rules at some point. I, I doubt that happens because he's a pro. 
you have to wait for me to sneak in on there for some unprofessionalism. Um, looking at Major League Baseball, we hadn't really talked much Major League Baseball because, you know, the high school sports have been dominating us. But, you know, I, I think a reason not to talk about it also is that the Yankees are just dominating. Uh, they're 9-1 and one in their last 10. They have the best record in the league. I don't like that. Um, L.A. was the other team that's been kind of what we thought would be one of the best teams this year. They're, they've dropped behind San Diego now in that tough NL West. You know, the NL Central is the worst division, I think, in baseball because uh, the second, third, and fourth place teams all went one and nine in their last 10. So that's pretty embarrassing. And, uh, you know, three of the five are below 500. But uh, your Orioles did drop down there below Boston, even though you guys have had some success heads up against them. You're now uh, like seven games behind Boston. Wow, I didn't see that it had gotten that much. So your 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 Orioles have kind of fallen to what uh, people might have predicted for them this season. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Um, <laughs> it's still more positive than Buster only. Yeah, I I do want to touch on a couple things though that have All happened. Right, um, one not involving the Orioles. We'll get to the not Orioles thing first. Well, there's, I guess there's three. So there's two not Orioles things. But the first one being, and, and everyone who has ever listened to this podcast knows, I hate the Yankees. Cubs manager David Ross uh, took a shot at the Yankees, saying he didn't appreciate them running up the score on the Cubs uh, because, you know, these are guys, a one, as he said, a once-proud franchise um, is now running it up and trying to make people who are competing for their livelihoods and their jobs Make them look bad. It's not the New York Yankees' job to make yeah. your players look like major league players. Also, if they're if your guys aren't major league players, you should want to know that. You shouldn't want a team to be like, "Hey guys, let's you know, not make it look bad, so that these guys can keep playing." No, the Cubs front office wants to know. Hey, if that guy is going to give up ten runs in a game, uh, please, if you can score ten runs on him, please let us know so we know he's not a major league pitcher. What David Ross is doing right now is screaming, I'm not a major league manager, because that is not, I do not like that attitude. I hate that attitude every time in baseball. Oh, I didn't like that guy, you know. So they're up 10 nothing, and he's swinging away at a 3-0 count, hitting a home run and a grand slam. Okay, then don't throw one over the middle. Be better. Like I don't like that attitude, and I can't stand the Yankees, but that was when I was like, that's not the Yankees' fault, and that's not the Yankees' job to make you look better than you are. Yeah, I rolled my eyes at that, didn't give it a second thought, because stop them. Stop them from crossing the plate. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want me to hit it in the bay, don't throw it to where I'll hit it in the bay. <laughs> that's about the same, same right. approach here. The other thing that's not Orioles-related that made me laugh was Joe Madden. Um, not that he was fired. Yeah. That's not the funny part, but the funny part is he, the Angels were in the middle of this giant losing streak, and he gets a mohawk to kind of try to lighten the mood and help the team break out of this losing streak. He gets fired that day before the team even sees it. Like, that is funny. I, uh, I think I actually in have... the future, Joe Madden will be able to laugh about it. I don't know if he's able to laugh about it right now, but I have a, I have a pretty similar story from, from real life that I was witness to. And it didn't get all the way to the hairstyle changing because the boss swooped in and uh, said, hey, hold off on that a couple days. And then before those couple days were up, 
uh, he was no longer uh, employed. So I've seen that in real life. And so, yeah, it did kind of make me laugh about that aspect of it, uh, not people losing their jobs. But Joe Ben's a he's a grown-ass man in the business. He, he's going to handle this. So, yeah, he's I, you know, it, I think it's okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And then the other interesting thing with someone getting – fired is that the Phillies went on a absolute tear after firing Girardi. I mean, they, they went yeah. and won a bunch of games in a row. Uh, I know they had fallen since then, but uh, they were eight and two in their last 10. And I think those eight were in a row. So, uh, you know, uh, just an incredible run by them after they make the change. So, you know, they're taking that nationals approach just from a couple of years ago, Florida Marlins approach from like 19 or 2003, I think where you get that manager change like right at the beginning of June or, or just, you know, flip of a switch in June and make a run. That's what they're hoping for. You know, that, you know, it has to start somewhere. They're hoping it started here. So they're, they're hoping for that. They're now 500 baseball team and um, nine and a half back in the division, but only four and a half back from the wild card. And all you got to do is get in. So, yeah. Uh, the Orioles story did not make me laugh. Um, it made me sigh and just question how much of a major league baseball fan I really am. Um, a story broke, I think it was in the athletic, but the Orioles ownership is, you know, a la succession, which is a great TV show on HBO. I don't know if I want to watch the version in real life that features the Baltimore Orioles. Um, there is a family squabble between one of the Angelos sons and the Angelo, uh, Peter Angelos's wife. Versus John Angelos, who is the CEO and, you know, chairman of the Baltimore Orioles right now. Saying that he is unilaterally making decisions, which is not what Peter Angelos wanted. He wanted the two sons and the wife to all work together to run the team. And John Angelos has done things to uh, undermine the two of them and consolidate his own power and unilaterally make decisions and he lives in Nashville with his wife, and he is thinking about, you know, selling the team or moving it to Nashville. And moving it to Nashville's nightmare. Like, if that happens, I, I think that kills Major League Baseball for me. I don't think I can still watch Major League Baseball other than, like, the postseason. And then I'm not really going to be super invested because I'm not going to be caring who wins anymore. Um, I can't, I just can't imagine a world where the Baltimore Orioles aren't playing baseball in Baltimore. So it's one of the best parks in the, in the, in the league. I hate the idea of that not being there. Now, John Angelos did release a statement and kind of touched on some things that fans had also picked up on. The Orioles have announced that they're investing some serious money in renovating Camden Yards. The Orioles are investing that money. And so that is the part that does calm my nerves a little bit. And this is John Angelos, you know, as CEO and chairman doing this. Uh, I don't think you put that kind of money in if you're looking to move the team. So I do like that. Now, you might sell the team, but if you sell the team, it it might – I don't think you sell it to somebody it, with that kind of money pumped in. I don't think you're selling to somebody who's looking to move them. So, and yeah, and gosh, I I don't know if that's a bad thing. Um, yeah, but I mean, 
just seeing the Can't Orioles involved in what is either the second or third simultaneous lawsuit, like, it's just, we can't even get out of our own way anymore. Like, I'm like, you know, we're bringing up all these guys. The young guys are starting to come up. It's, you're able to watch for that. You're, you're getting excited about seeing some of the future stars of the franchise getting some valuable playing time. And then this story breaks and you're like, this family is just such a pain. And when you start to think like, well, maybe John's not as bad as Peter and maybe he'll do better. And now I will say one of the things that they were talking about in the lawsuit was they're like, well, he unilaterally fired Brady Anderson. I'd be like, cool. You just said in a statement that you don't know what you're doing. If you think Brady Anderson was a good hire, Brady Anderson, the only thing Brady Anderson has ever done is, I guess I'll put this allegedly, he took roids really well. Yeah. yeah, allegedly jacked up on steroids and hit a 50 home run year and then he, went back to being maximized. Brady Anderson. Yeah, had one year where he had 50 home runs and then yeah. went back to being Brady Anderson and never did it again. So, hey, he he followed through with a plan and maximized the output. Yeah, but I don't necessarily want him near our other players because of that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I don't want to see our other players get suspended because they're going to get caught. Like, Brady Anderson wasn't that good at his job. Like, he got fired because he's not good. I don't... When they're like, well, you know, he didn't consult us. Good. If that needed to be consulted, I'm so glad he didn't do it. Because I think you and Lord knows if Peter Angelos' wife had any say in how the franchise was being run while Peter was in good health, obviously it wasn't going well. So I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want more of that. If there, and he said this is not what Peter wanted. Good. I Honestly, the only thing that scares me about John was the part about him moving the team to Nashville. Other than that, I was like, good. I don't care about any of this. John sounds like he's doing a much better job than his dad. And if you're trying to do things how your dad would have wanted, pass. 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 I don't. Peter Angelos sucked as owner of the Baltimore Orioles. Period. And so if this guy's like, well, I don't want to do what our dad wanted, then get the hell out of the room. I don't want you making any decisions. I I'm not keep the team in Baltimore. That's the end of my concern. I'm not going to disagree with anything you said. I do want to move to another uh, stadium in Maryland. Uh, the football team had some news this week where both DC and and Virginia governments rejected the idea of giving them any money towards the stadium. So. Um, that kind of played into that whole thing we talked about a couple weeks ago where the football team was looking to buy some land here in Virginia and do this and that. And it's just, it's all, it's all politics in a game and, you know, all that. And uh, it was right when, and we don't really need to get in the comments, but it was right when Del Rio put his foot solidly in his mouth. Oh, that with, killed the Virginia I guess, bill. I guess it's true thoughts, but I, I don't, I don't know. That bill was dead on arrival before, Del Rio even opened his mouth. So like, I mean, that, everything I was seeing from a week prior was like, that's not going anywhere. So it, it just gave everybody's soundbite to use on why they're not supporting the, the football yeah. team to play in, in Virginia. But yeah, it's just a big game. I, I, I continually say that in DC at the RFK grounds is where this team be- belongs to play. And I just don't see why they can't pull it together. So I, I, I'm fine with them not playing in Virginia. I don't like the hearing the DC news because I think they should play right there. It just makes so much sense. But but there is, I mean, there are logistical problems. Like the stadium is gonna probably have to be bigger than RFK, and 
then you're going to have to figure out where you're going to put people and how you're going to get people there. And it's not, I mean, they, they already super... have the Metro stops there and stuff. So some of that, some of that's already there. Yeah. Uh, but... More so than any other location other than FedEx, um, which they have talked about building right beside FedEx. So I, well, that I would know. be Maryland's the only government this maybe week the that worst didn't thing just they could do. completely uh, nothing. give them the finger. So yeah. we'll see what happens with that. And I mean, this is, you know, stadium deals and all that's always a long process, but it wasn't a good week for uh, negotiation on the Washington football team commander side of things. No, so. and, and maybe this particular bill in Virginia gets killed, but that doesn't yeah, mean they can't bring can another one up in else. a couple weeks yeah. or a couple months or whatever. Like, I, that just means Washington's going to have to grease some more palms before they get enough votes. Yep. Like, that's all that means. And they probably need wish- to not have an assistant coach or any team official come out and say something that is not – I. For Something multiple reasons, maybe they should go a couple of weeks where no coach or a team official or ownership person has something negative in the media. They they can't seem to do that. I like, will just say this. I, I was surprised. I was surprised he kept his job. Because I, I honestly thought that's a statement that could potentially lose the locker room. Just read the room, dude. Like, who are the people you work with? Lose the locker room or ignoring facts of people dying. I also don't even know why he made the comment. Like... Yeah. He wasn't asked about it. It was something he volunteered, which was yeah. kind of odd. I was like, all he right, dude. tweeted about it and then came in hot on the mic. Yeah, like, I was like, Oof. okay, man, that's – yeah, and, and you know, like, Ron Rivera at a certain point, I think he has to ask himself at what point does he quit for his own, like, sanity. Yeah. Just because – We talk a lot about mental health in sports right now. I'm- Del Rio there is no good like news out of that franchise. There is no good news out of that franchise. And, you know, I saw a reporter that covers the team saying the Washington football team is trying to change the culture in a lot of ways for the better, I'm but sure stuff coming. like this doesn't help. And it's just no. like every, for every one good thing that happens or like when you start to think like, oh, okay, like I see what they're doing here and they are trying to change the culture. There's like two or three negative stories that come out and you're like, man. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Dan Snyder's going to be forced to sell the team. This is not a Dan Snyder thing, this story in particular. But it is just kind of like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how fans do, of this team do it. This is bad. This is I, as, as frustrated as I am with the Angelos family and the Orioles, like – at least it doesn't feel like they're lighting themselves on fire at every single turn in major cata- catastrophic ways that are like legal problems in some cases. The scenario that I was hearing following the news this week with the stadium deals was this isn't tomorrow. You know, this isn't, you know, this next year or even two. But down the road, if the stadium thing just doesn't, keeps on not getting resolved and, it is apparent to this point that Dan Snyder is a problem in this situation. If, if they're unable to get another stadium deal and that's bad for the league, for them not to get another stadium deal and have any resolution to that at some point, other owners and the negativity and the potential of losing money because of that situation that could cause, you know, some of that dust up that you need to have to get them to vote him out. Um, Got to have 24 owners though. A lot of other Got to have 24 yeah, owners. That's a lot. Owners. It's going to have to start costing them money. And, and 
that that will get the attention that they I need. just don't think this Not generation just, that's there now, I don't think that's them. I don't think they're voting him out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's I mean, this is a that's a long, long term thing for sure, because as bad as FedEx is, they can still play there for a period of time longer. So Yeah. I mean uh, how long did the Raiders play in their stadium? Like and they were making money. That's the other thing. Like, this whole – the one argument that I do roll my eyes every time, like, oh, this franchise isn't viable. I'm like, mm, you're an idiot. Like, that team's not going anywhere. All they got to do is, like, win one season and they're viable. Like, completely viable again. Like all they Even have if to they never go to another playoff game, they're viable. As long as the yeah, league they're exists, they're, they're viable. You're, you're right. Yeah. The Jacksonville but Jaguars – talk about the fan base being dead. The fan base is back as soon as they win 10 football games. Right. Like The Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars have sucked almost every year that franchise has existed, and they still have a fan base. The Cleveland Browns have sucked almost every year that franchise has existed, and they the still have a fan base and still make money. Like, they're not going anywhere. To your point, right. the Cincinnati Bengals go to a Super Bowl for the first time since the 80s. Look at all Other the than things. that, have been a doormat in that division. Yeah. Still profitable. And see people in Bengals gear. It's it's crazy, you know. Yeah, still profitable. Like that whole argument of like, well, I don't know if this team's going to exist in ten years. I feel like, I, the only way that team doesn't exist is in ten years is if Earth doesn't exist in ten years. Like if we get hit by an asteroid, and the planet just gets blown into a billion pieces. What what was one of those early episode quotes like burn the icebergs or whatever? Or yeah, melt the ice. Yeah, melt the melt ice caps. Iceberg. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, that's the only way the the, the, the this league isn't around in ten years. Like land over Maryland's flooded uh, iceberg. I mean, look, and not to make it super dark, but like as I was sad to see the Marion Barber news because that's a guy I remember watching play, uh, and that's uh, sad. Yeah. But that kind of stuff, which I think is 100% football-related, that's not stopping the league from existing in 10 years. So what is going to happen that makes the Washington football franchise not exist in 10 years, short of Armageddon? Yeah. I mean, ownership change happens before that, so. Yeah, but even if they never – but that's my point, like – even if they never change ownership, like that's not going to make this franchise not viable. Yeah. Not viable means not making money. And that's when Daniel Snyder sells them. So that's, that's the, there, there's your tip on when, when they actually might be potentially non-viable is when Daniel Snyder sells them. And if he's like, if he's not forced to, so that's, that's that one. Um, the NBA series is better than we predicted. Uh, you know, we were predicting four five game quick, route by the Warriors and uh, we've already had five games and it's still not over. The Warriors do lead that series three to two, but the Celtics have looked good like every other game. And uh, they have forced the game six back in Boston and uh, the Warriors with the upper hand, but they got to win on the road to close it out. And I watched a lot of the game uh, five and it was a really, it was one of the better games we've seen in the playoffs. And um, yeah, it's just, it's been a good, a better series than we predicted. Yeah, I, I didn't. I haven't been able to watch any of the NBA playoffs, but um, I'm happy to see Golden State winning since there are investments on it. But um, hopefully, they close it out. I 
I'd be happy for Steph. I like Steph. I like Steph fine. I continue to hate Draymond Green. That's like that's my biggest drawback. It's whatever. That's my biggest. I don't like Boston, so I don't like Boston in general. But I'm still not picking out one player that I hate more than uh, Draymond Green. The city. How about them? How about hockey? I got my lanch in there, and uh, we got the Lightning for the third year in a row, looking to go for that three peat. Yeah, be the first team since the Islanders in the '80s to do it if they can. Uh, man, I'd feel a lot better if your lanch were playing the Rangers for your lanch. I just this is going to be an exciting series that starts tonight. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, um, that's going to be a fun series. And oh, look! If I if I'm having to pick a winner, I'd say Lightning, just because I think they have a better goalie. I think Vasilevsky's the better goalie, and when I think two teams are that tight, you ride the better goalie, and that is Vasilevsky. I think he's going to. I think the Lightning are going to do it. Um, that being said, I think this is a seven-game series. I think it's going to be an exciting series between the Avalanche and the Lightning. It, it's, it's got the goals that Colorado can provide and the goaltending that only Tampa Bay is bringing. I, I just can't wait to see how that shakes out. One of those has to win, and uh, it should be exciting. Now, that being said, Tampa Bay does have some people who can score goals, so we'll see. I mean, I do tune more in during the Stanley Cup Finals than ever any other time during the season, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, should be good. So we have like 11 weeks. That's my, what I need, you need to know is that there's like 11 weeks until high school football starts. Mm. And um, I'm just really excited about it. And with the spring seasons ending and like filling out all these champions, I'm going to miss the high school sports. Like I, you know, that's what drives my motivation to make this podcast really is, is the coverage of the high school sports and talking about that stuff that no one else is talking about on podcast. Right. So I'm anxious for it to come back and the storylines that we'll get in the fall and, you know, a new, a new era starting at Riverheads and, you know, other movements on assistant coaches around uh, for high school football, but also the volleyball scene. We have Riverheads who's made it to some state championships in a row now trying to get over that hump. I'm really looking forward to volleyball too. So I, I don't know filling out the final stuff for spring and then talking about it for so long to open this podcast. I, I'm going to miss this. I, you know, I feel like I don't know what to talk about during the summer. We, we do talk Valley league and there'll be plenty for us to talk about. This is where we'll pick in some of these, you know, is top gun Maverick uh, worth seeing or not debates that. Uh, oh, that that's had true. Jeff Wright wants to go. Yeah. I need to find golly day. Jeff. Yeah, like Jeff, I don't know when the next off day I'm, is, but when I find it, I'll let you know, brother. We'll go I'm see hoping Top you Gun guys Maverick. can go. I hope and and maybe you know get some lawn johns too while you're out. But yeah, uh, we'll kidnap you. Yeah, and we'll drag. That's you. what we have these next ten weeks for is to 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 have some of those talks of some of those monster discussions, but then also set us up well for the fall sports. And I'm hoping to you know kind of lead into the fall season with some uh, some good coverage here on the podcast. So. Um, well, we got a yak cup we, to hand oh, out at some point too. We got to figure the that yak out. cup. I, I did talk about that earlier. That uh, next week oh. we're probably going to talk about yak cup and uh, yeah. When, that was when what you I was eating. eating. Okay, uh, but it's you know we have that to come uh, to talk about. But yeah, it's we got to wrap up last year before we start next year. But I can't wait for for the next uh, school year of sports and 
all these juniors becoming seniors and being the leaders and using the experiences they've had. And the, the, I think one of the most fun things for me is these teams that surprise us. You know, we go into these football seasons every year of like, well, this team's number one and this team's the worst and this is how it'll finish between there. And I'm always interested in that team that surprises us. You know, the Waynesboro from last year that uh, had more wins than expected or, um, you know, the basketball teams that, you know, we, we don't really know are going to be good. Like Buffalo Gap last year kind of stepped up and, and was a lot better than we thought. So I'm always interested in those storylines too. So I want to try to predict those a little bit better this year, but I'm just looking forward to it. So, yeah, you know, 10, 10 episodes until uh, the, the fall sports don't leave us until then. But, uh, you know, we're going to be counting those down so we can get to the back to the, the meat of the exports podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, especially during the dog days of summer, too, in the Major League Baseball season, like there's just we are going to have fun and we're going to try to make the episodes more fun and kind of goofy yeah. and talk about some of those other topics. And, uh, you know, if you have I ideas, opinion. yeah, I popular opinion. the Tom Gum Maverick is nothing I, I I'm not eager to see at all. I so. I want to see it. I just for me, I know with my summer schedule, I'm going to have a hard time going to the movie theater, period. But um, I don't know if that's going to be something I I go see. Uh, but well, once, in theater. I'm going to give you a chance to see it before we really have this debate and some of my my opinions come full out. But uh, Why? Yeah, I mean, I just – I will say, like, the idea I, – I liked Top Gun. I liked the idea of a sequel. I like Fighter Pilot stuff like that's cool to me fighter jets and flying around and shooting planes out of the sky like that's fun um that seems cool but uh not that i've ever done it but um yeah i i i like that and there are other movies that are coming out that i'm excited to see and shows that are out that i'm excited to see i'm currently trying to catch up on stranger things 4 which I will say I hated Stranger Things 3. This has been – Stranger Things 4 has been better in my opinion. Um, trying to catch up on Obi-Wan, trying to catch up on The Boys on Amazon. Like good, man. Lots Obi-Wan's of shows. I am behind on Obi-Wan. Um, I will say the idea like up. they're making a season two I'm not pumped about. I, I didn't see that coming, but also we also know Obi-Wan is living at some point in the future for – a new hope to exist. So it's not like Obi-Wan's going to die at the end of this season. It's not like Darth yeah, Vader's going to die. But okay, the so, so I don't know how that's going to roll into these storylines, you know, syncing up for later. But I, here's I'm the problem only, I have. You know, here's the problem I have. In, so. the, the time gap between episode three and episode four of the movies, right? Return of the Sith or Revenge of the Sith yeah. and A New Hope. Actually, not that many years. No, but you're going to throw how many adventures into a guy who was allegedly a hermit and never left his cave. Like at a certain point, that's going to be a boring show. They took some of the finale stuff that they already had recorded from this season and they're holding on to it. So I think they're just going to stretch this out is is my understanding. I I hope I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I like shows that have a plan from the beginning. Well, I don't. Disney and Star Wars. I don't know that. I I don't know if that. Oh, we'll see. I don't know if any of the last three movies had a plan, like other than get my money. Uh, Oh no! But the Mandalorian's been so good. I'm. I'm like. I'm not. Yeah, but I'm nervous about this. Like there is some story that has already been told. The original three movies are good. Do not undo that. 
Yeah, I don't think they'll get in the way of that. I have a little bit of trust with what's been happening with Obi Wan with with Mandalorian and. I just think also like just tell some different stories. Like it's okay to tell different stories, different characters. If you want to make money on Star Wars and all that, like my problem is like like I was touching on there. Like you can only do so many seasons of this. There can only be so many adventures for a guy who never leaves his cave. Like because he has to say stay hidden. Like I'll say through four episodes there's been a primary adventure so like the plural adventures hasn't really if they're doing a second season there can only be so much of that though i just wonder if they're going to draw this adventure out well okay but then he hasn't been in his cave and how would you not figure it out anymore how did how did darth vader not know he lives on a freaking cave in tatooine then how did the empire not because he's already run into him why would they take luke and then so this isn't a spoiler alert this is to episode four why would they take luke to family like, yeah, wouldn't Darth Vader look there at some point? No, he's apparently an idiot is what I'm learning. Like, Because in episode four, they kill the whole family after Luke's gone from there. Like, this is a 50-year-old spoiler alert. Um, why would he be there? Like, why would that be the choice? What they did with Leia made sense to me. Like, here's different people, and, like, they he might not know. But, like, Luke, oh, yeah, go with your uncle. Well, you know, he might know who the uncle is. Maybe, but maybe not. Um. I just, I don't know, man. I, it really starts to like when they're like, "Oh, Have you season watched two. The episodes of Obi Wan." I haven't finished it. I've I've watched like the first two or three, I think. I don't know. Okay, I, I want to know where you were at because I um, didn't know if you knew the storyline that they're attacking. So no, I know the one they're going yeah, after cool. right now, cool. which is looking for one of the children, um, but or trying to rescue one of the children. Um, take that. I'll take that explanation. I just. That can only go on so long. I already, I know this is an unpopular opinion. I don't like that character. The one that's being rescued. Oh, really? I find that character to have a lot of annoying tendencies. Um, I feel like any tendencies that... And I like that character in the movies, but I do not like this character in the show. I don't feel the same way. I wasn't prepared to defend it, um, but that's fine. I don't want to spoil or alert. I think yeah, it's I don't want to spoil anything. It's too spoilers. early, so let's, too. But... Let's move on from this for now, um, and I don't agree with you. That's but, fine. hey, that's that's the podcast, right? You say stuff, and I'm like, what are you talking about? So That's fine, but we'll, this we'll be talking be about this. William, we'll be talking about all kinds this, of stuff. I just, I just don't agree. It's just going to be... <laughs> ridiculous i just have a i'm waiting for ewoks to show up i i know i'm probably waiting on something oh that's not gonna happen I was, i'm waiting i for don't an know it is disney who knows <laughs> i just you know what there you go give me a story about the ewoks what happened to the ewoks after the I empire had that in the 80s there was an ewok series in yeah the 80s, it, got, like it was bad show. it was a movie it we was need bad. to go we need to rewatch that <laughs> yeah just for, yeah we'll have john favreau do it or whatever like he can tell a new story on the ewoks and I went as an Ewok for Halloween, like in like kindergarten or first grade. And like everybody thought I was a tree stump. <laughs> oh, wow. What a cool costume, though. Like if you- it wasn't as good, like it was like a really nice actually costume. It's just like, I don't know. It, that was the joke around it that I remember hearing uh, the year before that. And, and maybe that was first grade was an Ewok. The, the year before that, I was like a Ninja Turtle. And my mom took like the turkey 
uh you know aluminum pan and spray painted it like a shell Um, like that was that was a tight one but those are probably my last two halloweens that i dressed up for until like college idiocy because i just wasn't into halloween as a kid i think i've talked about that on the podcast but yeah the ninja turtle was like a peak and then the ewok being called a tree stump was the was a low so that's that's i guess what sent me away yeah i mean that's cool but i I didn't have enough awareness of star wars though to like start yelling nub nub around and stuff and acting like an Ewok. I, Man, I didn't, cool. I, I mean, I had seen star Wars when I was young, but I, it was probably like middle school or high school before I, like I rewatched them with like, Oh, these are awesome. Like respecting it. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just nervous about the show. I, I like the show right now, I'm liking it. but I'm nervous about the future of it. And the fact that Disney's like, Oh, well it's popular. Let's keep making it. I'm like, ah, there's a finite amount of time here. And Obi-Wan, yeah. by the way, is going to have to age an incredible amount. Well, I'm okay if that like linear relationship doesn't exactly match up. I think he's going to have a stressful hermit life. That's my explanation in my life is that he's going to well, turn real gray and into a different person. Apparently uh, but, his like, hermit yeah. lifestyle is not that hermit lifestyle. Hermit lifestyle in the same way that, you know, like a Brad week Pitt has taken is place. a hermit. In the first three episodes that you've watched a week has taken place. So like, I just, from what I've already said, they've taken stuff for finale, and it sounds like they're going to save it. I think they're going to stretch out this period of time, whether it's two weeks or a month. I think they're just going to stretch out how much of that time period we see, and then he'll go back to being a hermit. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I just hope, you know, with his Tom Brady as Kermit lifestyle he's living, I hope, you know, we don't change too much. cutting meat from a from a sand lizard every day they were they hammered the repetitiveness of that like just give it a chance give it a minute i have a feeling at one point this season you were talking about like mike young's got to pull it together and like if it doesn't go well like this this, this, you're too early you're too early making this judgment this is gonna be obi-wan can still win the acc tournament let let it let it happen this is gonna be a problem i just know disney (laughs) i don't trust them all right, unless you got something else, I'm going to get out of here. Well, I will just Let's... say, like, our topics like that will be, you know, full yes. episode features. So tune it in might, over the summer. If Star Wars isn't your yeah. thing, you know, Jeff, or <laughs> this is to anyone who happens to catch this episode and wants, tell us what you want us to talk about. We'll give it a shot, right, if we've seen it or know yes. of it. Like, and if not, maybe I'll have time to throw in an episode. And if it's or like a movie recommendation that neither we'll try of us to have watch. seen, maybe that'll drive us to watch it. Like yeah. I want to watch, I want both of us at the same region of time to watch that uh, Adam Sandler hustle movie on Netflix. Oh, like, I have no desire to watch that movie. You don't have a desire to watch it. I want to see if it's any good. Uh, no, like I'm, I, like I'm ready. Like it's starring like, a bunch of people see, who like, aren't actors. Do I think it's going to be good? If no, if it's okay, like then we can talk about that. Or we could throw tomatoes at it. Like I, I that's why I want to watch it because it's like it's gonna go one of two ways. It's not gonna just be like, eh. It's gonna be like, oh, it's gonna oh, be damn, bad. That was surprising. Not interesting. Or it's gonna be like, oh, damn, that's bad. I thought you were gonna say Top Gun Maverick. That I would be interested in both no, of us seeing around just, the same time. I was going for a sports-related movie with like Adam Sandler, who has been in a lot of movies that you and I have watched in our lives. I was going for a movie with actual actors in it. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, overrated. Okay. I mean, I don't love Tom Cruise the person, but Tom Cruise no, you is do. pretty good. You love him and everything he's about. <laughs> Probably not. 
All right, let's get out of here. Uh, make sure, even though the high school season's not done, we're still going to talk about a lot of the stuff that matters to you, the local Augusta County sports fans. So make sure you're following us at, at Yak Sports Pod on Twitter or Facebook. Yak Sports Pod at gmail.com is another way to communicate with us. And make sure you're subscribed on Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify. I will say, with Joe's baseball coverage this summer and knowing that it's the dog days of summer, it's very possible our our usual Tuesday night delivery might not be consistent these next uh, 10 weeks. So uh, make sure you're subscribed just so you never miss us when they come out because we want to make sure we get you an episode even if it doesn't come out on Tuesday like we hope. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're telling people about us. And we will be next back next week to talk about more than just uh, Star Wars. We will talk about the Yak Cup and VBL and whatever else that we've been talking about in between now and then as an Augusta County sports fan. And we'll talk to you then. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.